the clock in pirate country, and it's time to get pumped up with the P-Man. Hit the door and hit the road. 94.3 The Game is going to get you home, and the P-Man's not holding back. on the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. Holy mackerel! Oh, my goodness! The flagship station of the ECU Pirates. Welcome in, everybody. Uh, Patrick Johnson here with you as we... There we go. There we are. Thank you, guys. All right. Patrick Johnson here with you. First one, a little work of the wrinkles out. Uh, that's okay. Yeah, you know, nothing's perfect in this world. Trust me, I know better than anybody. Uh, let's see. Welcome in. Uh, if you're with us here on our social media, we are doing this uh, live at uh, 10 o'clock in the morning. If you are uh, with us uh, in the afternoon on radio, we did this earlier today, so uh, that breaking news that uh, is happening, uh, well, I couldn't announce it before it was breaking, so uh, there you go. All right, uh, welcome in. I've got a great show planned for you today. We are going to cover the Pirates in pretty uh, good detail with the one and only Stephen Igo from uh, Hoist the Colors 247 and the Hoist the Colors radio show, which returns to... uh, uh, Greenville and uh, 94.3 The Game on August 14th. So a couple of weeks, or a week actually, from from Monday. Uh, the uh, Little League Softball World Series is also going on in just a moment. We're going to catch up with the uh, baseball voice of the Pirates, uh, the one and only uh, Scotty Scooter Rogers. We're going to talk a little bit to uh, Scoot about uh, what is going on with uh, that. He'll be involved behind the scenes with the Little League Softball World Series. Plus, Phil, the rep Pilkington will be here. We're going to do a little Hold My Beer later on with uh, Busimi and uh, the rep. The rep and I are also in a few minutes going to talk about uh, some of the things going on uh, with uh, conference realignment, which really heated up uh, Thursday night into Friday. But right now we go to the phone line where uh, the voice of the baseball pirates on 94.3 The Game, our good friend Scotty Rogers, Scooter, joins us uh, here for uh, some fun and frivolity. Scooter is the uh, media liaison for the Little League Softball World Series, which gets underway Sunday in Greenville at Elm Street Park. My friend, how are you, buddy? Doing good, Patrick. How are you? I'm doing well. Guys, give me a little more scoot in my ear there. You can never get enough scooter in your ear, by the way. Uh, there. Uh, scooter, uh, busy time. I know the teams have uh, checked in, the international teams a few days ago, the local or, uh, you know, U.S. teams, if you will, have uh, checked into their dorms and arrived in Greenville. And uh, the last couple of days have been... Uh, Related to uh, you know the media obligations, the photos, uh, and I'm sure a little bit of practice time. I saw the logos painted on the uh, field there on Elm Street Park. It looks absolutely gorgeous. And uh, hey, I think it's a tremendous deal. We've got what has become the signature event for Greenville in August, uh, and it's on an international scale. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you have four international teams, and so you have four different countries represented in this event. And of course, you have 
seven or eight other teams from around the United States converging on Greenville all the way from Oregon to, you know, right here in Kitt County representing this year. And so when you have all those different teams coming to Greenville, of course you have fans, you have parents, and of course you just have your also just softball fans looking for good softball here in Greenville. And so it's great to be able to showcase Elm Street Park in person and also with a national television broadcast as well. On the line with us is uh, Scooter Rogers, ECU radio play-by-play man. He's the media liaison during the uh, Little League Softball World Series. Scooter also involved heavily in Greenville Little League and uh, is a Greenville original. Uh, and an ECU grad, graduated in the spring but uh, got the hours finished over the uh, summer. So let me congratulate you on that, Scooter. That's a big accomplishment, and uh, you know I'm proud of you. Well, thank you, Patrick. It was uh, good to get that email from uh, the registrar's office uh, a couple days ago that said I was officially graduated, and uh, it's a it's a complete honor to be a graduate of East Carolina because it's a school that I have grown up around being in Greenville my entire life. Of course, cheered so hard for East Carolina athletic teams over the years, and to say that you know you're officially a pirate as an alum is pretty cool to say. Here, here, and uh, when I got my uh, degree years ago, uh, <laughs> it was the same thing. <laughs> Let me tell you, uh, and I mean there was it, I wasn't graduated a lawdy, but uh, after my first semester as a freshman, I figured pretty quick if I want to stick around this place, I need to uh, sure up my act a little bit, and I did. And actually, ended up with a pretty good. Uh, if you took out my initial GPA. I was a pretty good student, but uh, that first semester GPA, I was, it was, I, I quickly realized you are not going to do everything, there, there's something to do every night, choose wisely. That's what I guess is the best way to kind of put it after my freshman year. So, uh, You're exactly right. Yes, choose wisely. It is, a, it is a, yeah, and you know, I actually started my college career, I went the two-way route at Pitt Community first yeah, and then yeah. transferred into East Carolina, and, you know, obviously Pitt Community is a great school as well, but, yeah, as you said, you know, it's been tough the past two years, obviously juggling the ECU baseball season and classes at the same time, but I wouldn't have traded it for anything. The great Scooter Rogers is with us here, media liaison during the Little League Softball World Series. Uh, Scooter, for those that uh, maybe don't know the format and how many teams are involved and when everything gets underway. Kind of take us through the weekend and, and into next week. Yeah, we get underway uh, Sunday morning at 10 a.m. First few days will be four games a day. And then once you get deeper into the tournament, we go down to two games. And it's two different brackets, uh, the purple and orange bracket, two main colors that Little League has for softball. Mm-hmm. And uh, you have two different brackets. They meet up in the end in the championship thing. It's a modified double elimination. So essentially what that means is it's double elimination up until you get to the championship round of the tournament, then it goes down to single elimination. But yeah, I mean, it's a it's a 12-team tournament. You have eight American teams, four international. It's different from baseball where you have that U.S. bracket and then the international bracket here in softball. They're all intermingled with each other on a random draw. But uh it's a great format. You know, with, we expanded last year to go to 12 teams. This used to be a pool play for mm-hmm. format before it came to Greenville. And then when they expanded, the U.S. region had more U.S. teams come in. They made it into bracket play. But it is last year was our first year with it, and it worked out great. Um, you know, bracket play, uh, in my opinion, is a little bit better than pool play these days. And so gives those teams, you know, obviously a little bit more time here with bracket play since it's spread out more, especially if you lose the game 
uh, in your first round. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that's your basic tournament format. And then when you look at the TV perspective mm-hmm. of this, the first few days are on ESPN+. Plus, and then once we get to about, I would say, four, three or four days left in the tournament, that's when it switches over to that national TV coverage, uh, you know, anywhere from ESPN to ESPN2 on those first or those last few days. And then the championship game this year will be on ABC. The alphabet the first time ever. Yeah. That's right. The first time ever that the Little League Softball World Series uh, championship game will be on ABC this year. And so that's a really cool thing because, you know, as I, as I tell people, you know, ABC, you don't have to have cable to get that. You can stick up your funny your rabbit ears <laughs> ABC. And so, yeah. you know, when you have that big of a national audience, it shows, you know, how well this event is growing. And, you know, ESPN notices that. And so putting us on ABC for that championship game this year. A couple more quick special. questions uh, for Scooter Rogers here. Uh, the Pitt County team has obviously become – uh, one that is of great local interest. They won their way in by winning the Southeast Regional. You were there in Warner Roberts, Georgia, and saw this team play. Uh, when will they play? And, uh, of course, you're involved with the event, but you have a pretty good eye for this. What what uh, what about that team impresses you? But uh, first up, let's let's ask you where uh, when and when they play uh, in the opening uh, game for them in the event. Yeah, Pitt County uh, won the Southeast Regional down in Warner Robins this year. So when you're looking at the schedule anywhere that says Southeast, that would be the Pitt County team. But they get their tournament underway Sunday night at 7 p.m. against the Southwest champion from Hewitt, Texas, which that Texas team, same league, won the World Series last year, and they have nine girls returning from that team from last season. So Pitt County will definitely have a tough test on Sunday night, but we are expecting a – Huge crowd at Elm yeah. Street Park for that game, and so it is going to be a uh, wild environment down here Sunday night for Pitt County first game. Yeah, I'm looking forward to watching that one. Scooter, uh, the tickets are free, so if you want to get there to watch Pitt County play Sunday night, you need to get there probably early, don't you? I would suggest that you get here probably for the start of that 4 o'clock game <laughs> yeah. for them. At uh, the least. At the very least. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, the way it works is the stadium seating, the majority – of the actual stadium portion, there is reserved seats for, you know, the parents, the players' parents and also some other people, but there is a few general admission seating in the actual stadium, but then everywhere else around the ballpark that's not blocked off. Uh, many people that have been here for some of our bigger baseball games know the deal. If you see grass or an open seat anywhere else, you take it and you can sit there. And, you know, we saw it last year when Pitt County played in the World Series, how big the crowds were and, Everybody kind of knows the deal locally here, and it's and it, it, it's cool. It's a very cool look on TV. Oh, yeah. You have open areas, and people are, are basically trying to just find a place to stand for standing room seats. But, uh, yeah, I mean, general public parking is the uh, College Hill lot uh-huh. at East Carolina. You just take a quick walk down the greenway to get to Elm Street Park. And uh, I would suggest, too, if you want to get here for that Pitt County game on Sunday night, you probably park very early in the day to make right. sure you have a, a spot in that lot because, as we said, we're expecting a pretty major crowd for that game. Seven o'clock Scooter Rogers, uh, media liaison during the Little League World Series for softball here in Greenville, uh, which gets underway Sunday. The Pitt County team will play at 7 against Texas that night. Uh, Scooter, you mentioned the parking. Also, uh, Elm Street between 10th and 14th will be closed down, and there's kind of a park-like setting uh, you know, uh, with food trucks and all kinds of cool things uh, for fans. So there's a lot to do, not only in watching the game, but around the stadium as well. Yeah, absolutely. We're going to have an expanded uh, what's called the fan zone this year. 
in the parking lot, which is a lot of the sponsor activations uh, with Little League's major sponsors setting up booths in the parking lot. And we'll have food trucks lined up and down Elm Street this year like we have the past couple of years. And so we're, we make it into that, you know, kind of big-time environment to give the fans, you know, a really good experience as well because this event is so special, you know, with it being just one week a year, we try to go all out for it and, and just make it a really great event because it's been so special the past two years. And, you know, last year was, you know, it was tough that very first year in 2021 because right. we were still dealing with all the COVID protocols and everything like that. Last year we had very minimal COVID protocols. So this is the first year that we don't have to worry about anything with COVID from a team perspective, fan perspective, everything. And so we're really going to be able to showcase Greenville this year and give these girls and fans a, a really good experience. Hey, Scooter, last thing for you here uh, as you get ready for this uh, event. Uh, there's a Fan Fest Saturday. What do you? What can you tell our listeners about that? Yeah, opening ceremonies uh, at the Town Common. Yeah. It was open to the public. Uh, you know, we, it was the first year we did it last year. It went really well. But you'll be able to see a lot, all, every single team march through uh, with their team banner and then there's a lot of activities after the actual ceremony for the girls to do. Uh, I believe it's a two-hour event. I believe it starts at 6 o'clock. Don't hold me to that uh, just because there's a lot of things going on right now. It's kind of hard to keep the schedule up to date in my head. But uh, that's a really cool event, too. The city of Greenville takes charge on that opening ceremony event, and they do a great job with it. So that's going to be a really fun thing to see tomorrow night in town common to really kick off the World Series. Hey, Scooter, always great to talk to you, my friend. I'm sure I'm going to be talking to you later today. If you're with us, we're, of course, live on uh, Facebook and all of our social media video platforms uh, re-airing uh, on radio today of the Fresh Show in the 5 o'clock hour on 94.3 The Game and the IBX Media app. But, uh, Scooter, I'm sure we'll be talking later today. I hope you're well, buddy, and uh, thanks for coming on with us. Absolutely, Patrick. Thanks for having me on, and keep Philip 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 Philip. <sighs> Well, That's tough to do. Tough to do. There he is right there. <laughs> All right, Scoot. Thank you, buddy. Yes, sir. There he goes. Scotty Rogers. Always good to talk to uh, him. Uh, you heard Philip Pilkington. He's with us here now, and uh, Philip is uh, in the house today helping Michael Busimi produce this. Appreciate those guys. We did talk of the town uh, this morning. It was a lot of fun. Got a lot of great feedback uh, from that. The power of the T.O.T., uh, Pilkington, by the way, the TOT audience loves him because uh, he's a, a rock rib conservative for sure. Hey, uh, let me ask you this, uh, Pilk, uh, and this is what I kind of want you to report on here. Uh, we have that it is going to be uh, some major changes coming with college football uh, yeah. and, and major co- just college sports with conference Realignment. So what was the big report that is confirmed from overnight? Well, from over the night, it was the Big 12 has approved Arizona to come. Uh, some of the, you know, board of governors, whatever, in Arizona still has to, you know, work some things out. However, ESPN sent a notification out during that interview with Scooter that said that Oregon is not expected to join the Big Ten, which could cause the Big Ten to then go after Arizona and try and get rid of their deal with the Big 12. I mean, mm-hmm. this is in three minutes ago. Wow. I mean, for that's, our, how, that's yeah. how quick all of this is developing. Yeah. That's for our video audience three minutes ago. This will be right. a little old news for our radio audience. For the radio audience earlier today. Earlier today. Okay. <laughs> but, I mean, the thinking was you'd have Arizona and their Board of Regents making that decision, which they did to go to the Big 12. Yeah. 
Uh, Arizona State and Utah would quickly follow, so they're very much still in play. Yeah. If Oregon is, it's very interesting. If Oregon's deciding to stay for now, or at least not go to the back, I should say they're deciding to stay. They're they're deciding not to go to the Big Ten. I wonder what that means. Are they staying, or is they, they're better off or somewhere else? I mean, the Big Ten's the only one that I could think right now makes sense. I can't see the SEC expanding to the Pacific Northwest, uh, but the report was. It was going to be uh, Washington and Oregon going uh, to the Big Ten, and there was also a report. We know what Florida State was very publicly yeah. saying with their president and their board of trustees. There was a uh, word that the Knowles and Clemson might be the targets of the Big Ten along with Washington and Oregon. Yeah, you wonder if that maybe has something to do with what just came out now with Oregon. Does does Clemson and Florida State, because you want to make your conference bigger, but you don't want to make it too big. You know, if you've got 20 teams, that's... Well, but you can divide it and have an east and west. west. Yeah, and you would almost have to play it that way, even in basketball, in a way. I mean, Well, what, in, what people don't realize in these AD, I mean, they realize it because, I mean, they've got the budget, so I guess they're just flush with so much money from these TV deals uh, in the Big Ten and SEC, and that is... How do you justify playing a volleyball game between Clemson and Washington? Exactly. That's what I was exactly thinking. It's the non-revenue sports that don't get me because they're They're still still going to have the same schedule, theoretically, as men's and women's basketball. And you're like, even to your point right there, yeah, that's still a long flight. And, uh, I mean, NFL teams don't like doing it. They play one game a week. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And, I mean... It's not good. I mean, coming east, there's no advantage. Going west, there's no advantage. Yeah. And there's, it's a tough deal for, for college uh, student-athletes to, to be a part of this, I would think, in, in some way. The Clemson stuff was interesting, or excuse me, the Florida State stuff was interesting. We talked about that all week. Uh, they were very vocal about the fact they were ready to get out. And, and, and again, this doesn't change the fact that Florida State, or any team that would leave the, the ACC, is pinned down by this grant of rights where you pay a huge fee to leave, and then you forego your earnings from your new conference for the length of the ACC TV deal, which is 13 seasons still remaining on it. Yeah. I mean, that's a billion dollars. At least you're giving up to go and, and not get a dime. So there's got to be some kind of... Somebody's coming to the rescue with some money. That's exactly what's happening. They have some high-up donors. And this that, isn't the donor writing a check to get rid of a coach. I mean, yeah. this is, this this is something that... I mean, maybe an attorney that's an alum does some pro bono work, but, I mean, that, you're just talking about, you know, a fraction of what your bills will be to, for that. Person. Yeah, exactly, because you brought up the word billion in there. I don't think people really comprehend how much a billion is, and to give you a little insight, I think it's mighty you that taught me this. 16 days has a million seconds, 32 years has a billion right. seconds. Yeah. So that's how many millions are in a billion. I haven't lived a billion seconds left. I'm seven years away and that, that lets right. you know how much a billion really is. And not that it's that hard number, but to your point, it's a billion-ish. Ish is a good yeah. term in there. Unfortunately, I I've uh, lived over... Well, I'm fortunate, I shouldn't say unfortunately. It's fortunate I've still <laughs> yeah. lived over a billion seconds, but I can't say I've, I'm not close to a billion seconds of life. All right. Uh, Philip the Reptilian is going to hang out. we got Stephen Igo still to come, and uh, Michael Busimi's producing. Thanks to Scotty Rogers for being on with us. It is the Patrick Johnson Show here on... 94.3 The Game and the uh, IBX Media app. And uh, we'll do a little hold my beer on a Friday next. 
Do you have something you need to get off your chest? Get off your chest. I am not here for rage. I'm here for revenge. Did your favorite team blow another game? They are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. Or is there just something that's driving you crazy? I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. It's time to let it all out. You have made me very angry. Very angry indeed. With another edition of Hold My Beer. Hold My Go, we'll hold my beer. Uh, if you're not familiar with Hold My Beer on the Patrick Johnson Show, it's uh, kind of what grinds your gears. And it can be about anything. It doesn't have to be about sports. I'm not going to stick to sports in mind. Not today. Well, I'm not. Phil Reptilkin is here. Michael Buscemi going to play Hold My Beer for the first time. Can we get a camera on Michael? I'm messing with him. He doesn't no, want to be on No yeah, camera. No camera. That could be his Hold My Beer. That's my Hold My Beer. Michael needs to be on camera. I know you don't. Um... All right, hold my beer, Michael. You just pay attention. You'll figure out how to do it. Hold my beer. You say that before. Hold my beer. I'm not sticking to sports. Politics in this world. Oh, goodness. I've been told I'm not to talk politics on this station. You're breaking the rules that you set for me. Well, it's my show. All right, so. <laughs> Fair enough. I, what drives me crazy, and I'm not saying that uh, there's not any anything to these indictments that the, the former president is facing, there could very well be. It'll all be played out in court. Hey, we can argue whether they're legit or not. We can argue the motivation for it. Sure, sure, sure. But there's other stuff happening with the current president that just doesn't get covered. And that's my frustration, is the media. So I guess it's more or less politics and more just about the media picking and choosing and the spin and all that. And we see it all the time in the sports media. We did the Dan Wolken uh, thing yesterday where he talked about uh, Arizona, uh, likely going to the Big 12. Of course, Phil, the Rep Pilkingham telling us that uh, appears they could be headed to the Big 10 now. And you've also got, <laughs> you've also got, um, uh, in that same article, very much uh, talking about uh, how Florida State made no bones about it. They want to get out of that $40 million a year deal uh, they've got with the ACC right now and Try to get into a bigger conference. And then Wolken goes and he laments about, uh, oh, because we're not doing, we're not playing, as the great West Durham says, for the for the homecoming dance and for the uh, Letterman's jacket anymore. I mean, we're, we're well past that. Yeah. And I'm just, these same sports media guys who just can't wait to report rumors about uh, the demise of conferences and all that, then turn around and they want to look, you know, pine. For the days of uh, amateur sports, which they also felt, and I, and I agree, players should be paid something. So I'm sick of the media. The media. Sick of the media. Patrick is sick of everybody but himself in the media. Pretty much. So that's true, Michael. You know this. I have a, a high opinion of myself. <laughs> always have, always will, and I should. And you should. I should. Yeah. Thank you, Michael. It's good to be self-conscious. So that's okay. my hold my beer today. There you go. The media of okay. all time. I'm sick of the media. I'm going to the working man's beach next week now for sure. Okay. And uh, I'm gonna. There's not gonna be a whole lot of. I'm gonna get my news from Henry Hinton. There you go. Which could be frightening. All right. Uh, let's go now to the great Philip the Rep Pilkington with a hold my beer. All right. Hold my beer. I am tired of my Red Sox giving me false hope that they're going to be good, and then all of a sudden they <laughs> have a week where they can't hit the darn ball. I got they lost two out of three to Igos Mariners this week. Ah, and uh, I stayed up, you know, all these late West Coast games to watch them drop two out of three games they had the lead and the bullpen blew. Had games against San Francisco last week where the 
starter came out there and let up two runs, and they lose two to nothing. I mean, it's just every time we're, we're a game away from getting back in the playoffs, they, they mess it up. And I, I know I just shouldn't care anymore, but I didn't have a lot going on as far as I was mad about right now. So that's going to be my whole my. I think you did, but you just decided to go with the Red Sox there. All right, so uh, Michael Busey played for the first time, hold my beer. Uh, Michael, you've heard the format. Uh, the floor is yours. Hold my beer. I'm sick of actresses and actors and athletes ah. thinking they know what the hell is going on in politics. Ah. Yeah, that's a good one. You see me not sticking to sports. Laura Ingram said it best. Shut up and sing. <laughs> <laughs> what did Laura Ingram say to you that time, you see me? Uh, I can't say that. <laughs> <laughs> he likes his job to say that. We still refer to it as the Laura Ingram incident. Laura Ingram gave Buscemi a hard time. Which uh, she was she it a radio every, show she was doing? Yeah, she gave everybody a hard time. But she really gave you a hard time. She was she was screaming at Buscemi like he was a member of her staff. Yes. That's all she did was yeah. scream to And our engineer is the same way. He got the same treatment I did. Was that the late Eddie Harrell? The late Eddie Harrell. Yeah. What a great guy. No, a good guy. Always it, she must be crazy because if there's anybody who works here who I don't want to yell at, it's probably Buscemi. Buscemi gets his crap done. He gets it done efficiently. It's always saying he's very predictable, and I mean that in a good way. And if there's anybody I don't want to yell at that works here, it's usually him. So she must really be crazy. No, everybody yells at Buscemi. Yeah, that's correct. Here's the thing. Everybody else yells at Buscemi because they like to make him a punching bag. They like to yell at him for other people's mistakes, I think, half the time. Boy, you're, you're treading on some ice today, aren't you, Pilkington? I mean, I, there's, a lot of things the I could, there's a lot of yeah, there's a lot of things I could have said, but I, I opted not to. I, try, I, try, I was trying to be nice to Buscemi and make it a short statement. And you're but over then, here baiting me into saying but it. Then, but then you got off on some tangent. I no, I love Buscemi. I'm not trying to dog anybody else. I'm just saying Michael is one of my favorites. Sound like it to me. Sounds yeah. like you're dogging on some people no. here, so it was nice knowing you. <laughs> All right, uh, that is Hole by Beer for uh, this edition of the Patrick Johnson Show. Buscemi, nice job. That wasn't too bad. Thank you. Not too bad. I don't know if we'll have you back. Probably not. Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, Pilkington is here. We'll hear from him a little more later on. And uh, well, we might hear from him actually next segment because when we come back, Stephen Igo will be with us uh, from uh, Hoist the Colors, 247 Sports, and the Hoist the Colors radio show, which returns in a couple of weeks. Uh, Igo on pirate practice as they went shells today for football coming up. We're back in minutes with more of the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. Uh, you should go have that tested. Make sure to listen or watch now on the new IBX Media app. Get it now in the App Store or Google Play. Taking a rage out of your drive home. You just cut me off. But it's no big deal. Patrick Johnson on 94.3 The Game and the new IBX Media app. Well, 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 well. Here we are on a Friday in the studio today. Uh, I'm Patrick Johnson with you on the show. Wouldn't make much sense if it were the Patrick Johnson show and I was not Patrick Johnson, would it? Uh, we have some news to tell you about as far as the grant of rights go with the Pac-12. So they could stay together. This has just come in the last couple of minutes if you're with us uh, live on the morning uh, social feed. Uh, grant of rights uh, is going to be signed today, it appears. Um, there was a, the media rights offer with Apple, I guess, on Monday. Multiple Zoom meetings this week as a result of that, and uh, it appears that Arizona is now fully committed to the Pac-12, so much that one participant said if Arizona leaves, he would uh, he should win an Oscar. Oh. <clears throat> All right. 
a couple weeks, uh, actually about a week, I think it is. Is that right? A week from, or is it two weeks? Well, we'll find out. Uh, Stephen Igo is with us here from uh, 247 Sports, Hoist the Colors, the Hoist the Colors radio show here on 94.3 The Game. And, Stephen, I don't think I'm telling tales outside of school when I say you're going to be involved with our Pirate Game Day countdown uh, this year as well. So I'm excited about that. We, we discussed that yesterday, and we've talked about it, I know, previously. So uh, my new BFF, the great Stephen Igo, joins us here on the Patrick Johnson Show. He's been out at Pirate practice uh, all morning. Stephen, what's going on uh, with the Pirates as they go to Shells today? Well, the intensity is is never worn uh, to waver from any football practice, but definitely when they put on the the pads, at least the shoulder pads, you know, not the full, the full pads, but it, it's almost like a fully padded practice just because Mike Houston's teams love to hit. So during the about 45 minutes I was out there for the media a lot of time, plenty of hitting going on, plenty of yelling. Lots of loud music. <laughs> yeah. Lots of urgency. Uh, it feels like there's a game tomorrow. Obviously, there's not. But uh, that is kind of the that's kind of the vibe now. It's, it, there's no wasted moments or no wasted minutes out of practice right now. A lot of intensity and a lot of uh, a lot of trying to get this team better in a hurry. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you've said on the, our airwaves, you feel like this team is. Um, not as well, t- nobody's really saying they're talent deficient. You feel this is a really talented roster. Let's just say, right? Uh, the experience, I think, uh, is is the question. And who's and Mike Houston said it this week? Who's going to step up in certain areas? But uh, I think when you look at uh, this roster, it's it's a Mike Houston roster in the sense the explosiveness of the athletes, uh, the physicality, particularly of the linemen. Uh, when you look at this group, do you look at it and say, okay, I see now where Coach Houston was going with all this? Yeah, I mean, I feel like from top to bottom, roster-wise, you know, they got 120 guys out there, and, you know, clearly not all 120 are going to play. But I just feel like the overall depth and the health of the roster is as good as it's ever been from top to bottom. I mean, you, you don't, there's not a single position numbers-wise in terms of going three deep that I really don't feel good about. You know, if I had to pick out one, it would probably be offensive tackle. But, I mean, you can go to any college football program in the country. It's just hard to find six five, six six guys who are long and can move. So, obviously, offensive tackle is the one position I would not say they're really two to three deep solidly in. But they can get by there, uh, as these two teams have many years. But everywhere else, man, they've recruited the defensive line extremely well. They're running back rooms deep. You know, they've got... Uh, obviously, two talented, capable quarterbacks that can go in and run the offense. They got plenty of receivers. Who's going to be the receiver is the question. Defensively, I think they're three deep across the board, every position. You just you don't have the experience you want. Although I do think you have the talent and the speed and the length. And the other factor is Patrick. You know who's going to be the guy on game day when it's third and eight. Everybody knows he's getting the ball. Who's going to emerge as that guy? Who's going to emerge as? Uh, you know, obviously your offensive leaders. Is it going to be Mason Garcia? I mean, I just feel like so much rides on the quarterback position because the team aspect is there, I think, from a talent perspective. Now you need the, you know, like Mike Houston said, the guy guys to rise up and become those guys and lead the team. And I think the quarterback has to be one of those along with some other people. Ten days from now, a week from Monday, uh, it'll be the Hoist the Colors radio show. It returns here uh, on noon. 
noontime on uh, 94.3 The Game and uh, the IBX Media app. Stephen Igo hosted. Stephen is uh, with us here on the Patrick Johnson Show this afternoon. Uh, and uh, if you're with us on our social media feed this morning, uh, he was out at uh, Pirate Practice. And uh, Mason Garcia, you uh, mentioned him. Uh, how has Mason Garcia looked in your opinion? I think he looks really sharp. I think, you know, we only get so much live team practice action, but from what I've seen and have been able to see, he looks really good. I mean, he's throwing the ball as accurately as he has thrown it. Um, I mean, there was one interception I've seen early in camp, but that was if there were one-on-one ball downfield and Siobhan Rebel, one of the, the corners, I think has a really good step up this year, just made an excellent play over the receiver. So, Mason's look good. He, I think, has gotten better every offseason in the program. You know, for him, it's just a matter of he's got to go out there and get the confidence. I mean, I think he's, he's got the talent, there's no doubt, and I think he knows the offense. He just needs to see an opposing defense on game day at this point, react to it, learn from it, and we just have to get to that point. And unfortunately, due to, you know, him not getting a lot of live, meaningful reps over the years due to Holt Naylor's presence in the lineup, it just means Mason is one of his first times is going to be at Michigan <laughs> against one of the best teams in college football, which is an ideal, but hey, you got to get through it and he'll learn from it and be better because yeah, hey Stephen, you mentioned the uh, you know a play made by a defensive back, and that is one of those uh, position groups that has had a lot of turnover, you know, this off season. And one of the things that you know we kind of talked about in your show is they added a lot of length. Have you seen that you know kind of play out in your time there watching you know full eleven on eleven or even a, a seven on seven period? Yeah, I mean, I think I, I think that's the biggest noticeable difference for me with this defense is just the length and the versatility. On the, in the second level and in the third level of the defense, um, you know the defensive line, they're they're more like squatty and powerful, more sure than lengthy, but they have abs- they have uh, they have added some some lengthy options on the edge. But the, the biggest thing is in the secondary, and really with the nickel position, the Sam linebacker position, which is like a hybrid, you know, defensive back slash linebacker. All those guys are you know six two. Six three, long arms can run. You know, you added Rock for our Rod Dilworth. You would see he's going to play. He runs a four four. He's six one and a half, two hundred pounds with long arms. Uh, at safety, you got guys who are six one, six two, long arms. Siobhan Rebel, I mentioned he's a six two, one eighty pound cornerback with long arms and runs a four four. So I just feel like talent wise, they look the part. Now they, again, they just got to go out there and play the games and. We'll see how it all plays out, but you've definitely seen that early in practice. The, the throwing lanes that maybe we saw last year wide open that led to so many big plays with the opponents haven't been there necessarily. It's a good sign. Stephen, I think, uh, Stephen Igo, by the way, joining us here on the Patrick Johnson Show, uh, Hoist the Colors Radio returns to 94.3 The Game and the IBX Media app at noon on Monday, August 14th. Stephen, I'm, I'm, uh, really the thing I think East Carolina has going for them even though there are some uh, new faces uh, and, and guys in different positions, uh, maybe different roles, I think defensively what Blake Harrell does from a motivational standpoint but also schematically gives the Pirates a real puncher's chance. Uh, in a lot of these road venues, especially early, if it takes the offense a little while to sort things out, you have a defense that uh, you know, is a little, uh, better than Ben don't break, I think. 
Uh, but you have so much versatility and interchangeable parts that Blake Harrell can get really creative. Yeah, I mean, that's a good point. I, I feel like he is one of the more multiple defensive coordinators in the American and in probably college football. I mean, he throws a ton at opposing offenses, and the biggest thing is with so many guys, you know, we talked about all this inexperience, but with so many guys back up front along the defensive line, he, he really doesn't even have to worry about that unit. So they can do a million different things up front in the trenches and kind of build from there. What I am interested to see is, hey, how much do you throw at Michigan game one? Because they've been putting in a lot of stuff this offseason. My thing is, all right, you go out and use it all in Michigan and try to really get them out of sorts and actually go try and, you know, maybe try and keep it close. And then if it's close to halftime, going to second half, do a little bit more stuff. But right. Or do you want to save it for Marshall? which on paper is a more winnable game and maybe a more important game. Because if you show that on film game one, then Marshall can prepare for that for week two. Now, I'm sure they're going to have different things prepared for both opponents based upon strengths and weaknesses, but yeah. that's got to be something the coaching staff is talking about, too, because you don't want to go out there game one and, you know, shoot all your shots and then be, you know, not not have much in store for Ab and Marshall the following week. Yeah, come on, I go. You got to be like Pilkington when he's out on uh, Fifth Street on uh, after a pirate game. You got to shoot <laughs> your shot, baby. You got to shoot your shot. Uh, we got the great Stephen Iko from Two Four Seven Sports dot com and uh, Hoist the Colors dot com, uh, the preeminent uh, voice for ECU athletics as far as uh, coverage. Stephen is the beat writer, and uh, he is uh, uh, just uh, fantastic at what he does. Uh, Stephen, let me ask you. A little bit about the uh, special teams uh, situation. There's been guys brought in to create competition. There's been guys in to maybe win the competition. Uh, the kicking game uh, and execution thereof left a lot to be desired last year. You could certainly make the argument it cost ECU two victories. Uh, did win them the game, in a sense, at uh, BYU. The punting game, I thought the field position battle last year, East Carolina was on the, the wrong end of that. I don't know what the statistics bear out, but it just seemed like when the Pirates needed a punt to flip the field, they never got it. <clears throat> and uh, I really think now Mike Houston feels he's gotten the best options possible to foster that competitive preseason. And I think you've got even some guys that can come in and help with the return game. Yeah, I think he's he's done exactly what you said. He's added competition at really every spot, but especially you look at punter and kicker. He brought in transfers, experienced transfers of both spots. He brought in a punter, Archer Trafford, who is a uh, graduate transfer from Mississippi State, who has punted for two years at a high level. Obviously, he will compete with Luke Larson, the oldest man in college football. Uh, <laughs> that, that was verified earlier this offseason, by the way, mm-hmm. the uh, all-seed punter. So those two guys will go at it. And then a, a kicker you've got. Jerry Rice, no, not uh, the Jerry Rice, but a, uh, a 5'8 white Jerry Rice uh, transferring in from VMI. Uh, he is uh, joining the program as a all-conference kicker from the FCS ranks, and he will compete with Andrew Conrad, who hit the game, wet, game winner mm-hmm. last year at BYU, and also Carson Smith, who's a returning kicker as well. So you got really you know multiple guys there at each spot that have kicked in live games, done it with success. Now you're looking for that consistency. And that competition continues through long snapper, return game. You have Josiah Hatfield, Javius Bonds, a freshman who can, who can uh, run it back with, with great speed. You've got some other guys involved there, too. So 
I mean, it, it really is competition and open competition at every single position. And I think that's just a Mike Houston staple. Stephen Igo's with us. Uh, Stephen, uh, what uh, will be the uh, gradual uh, next few days as far as getting towards full pads look like? So today was, as we said, the first day show, and then tomorrow. Saturday will be another day at shells. You know, they have to have a certain amount of days for an acclimation period before they go to full pads. And they'll take Sunday off. Mm-hmm. And what they're going to do on Sunday is go to Kurtz as a team. Um, and then also have a, a deal where they go visit Jordan Library and the new ECU football, history of ECU football exhibit. And that is an off day from home field work. They'll come back Monday. They'll be in shells again kind of acclimate for the full pad of practice on Tuesday, and I think we go full pads again Wednesday, shells Thursday, and then shorts Friday, and then first scrimmage next Saturday. So uh, I would say next week is when it gets really real. As Greg Hudson used to say uh, about shells, you look good in your underwear. It's when you put on the full pads. We, that's when the rubber meets the road, proverbial. Uh, the proverbial rubber meets the road. So there you go. Yeah. You know, when the football players out there in shorts, it just doesn't look right. So, uh, <laughs> well, some guys' I, pants I, I are shorts go. now. I mean, it's, it's kickers. Yeah, you're right. A few, a few specialists, a few uh, skill guys. Uh, Stephen Igos with us. You mentioned that uh, that uh, thing, and Malcolm uh, Gray told me about it at Joiner Library, the history of ECU football and Dowdy Ficklin Stadium is included in that. Uh, Malcolm worked really, really hard on that, uh, who's the uh, media liaison for football and the director of the uh, sports media relations department. Uh, and, and Malcolm, uh, you know, just a, a real detailed guy, so I know this is a really uh, cool deal, and it's it's open and available uh, for folks to see until November. Uh, have you looked at it yet? And what, what uh, I, I know you have some friends over there that are involved in it, so uh, what are you hearing on it? Yeah, uh, the feedback has been really good. So I went over there. I haven't seen the full exhibit set up as it is now, but I went over there in mid-July when they were kind of preparing everything and talked to the to the lead curator, uh, Patrick Cash, who kind of played a big role. And, you know, he works with the library and getting all the items together and everything. And I did a story I posted earlier this week on Voice the Colors um, and talked with Ronnie Woodward. You know, he used to work for the mm-hmm. Daily Reflector. Mm-hmm. now works uh, over at ACU. He's involved with the project as well. Um, so, talk to those two guys for a story, and tons, tons of just interesting artifacts. And, um, you know, there's the, the one of the coolest things I saw, and they'll have it on display. Is they have Clarence Stats, uh, Stasevich's handwritten playbook throughout every single play. Wow! I think from the 1964 season, you can flip through that and see kind of. And pinning out every play, which is hard to believe. This day and age, when everything yeah. is accessible on iPads, but just a ton of uh, awesome stuff. They've got a game worn jersey from the Tangerine Bowl, uh-huh. uh, which was the first bowl game these two played in. Tons of stuff from the Marshall and East Carolina 1970 game. They actually have 15 minutes of uh, raw game footage that they worked on with Marshall mm-hmm. to kind of commemorate up yeah. to that date wow. and that being the home opener. So, if you've got time, yeah, definitely recommend checking that out. Story Library, uh, I believe levels two and three. There's two different parts of the exhibit, but if you go in there and ask anybody working, they'll, they'll point you in the right direction. Yeah, it might be a good thing to do before the uh, students get back to campus, too, if you're looking for, for sure. uh, something to do. All right, Stephen, what's coming up on uh, Hoist the Colors online? 
tons of uh, preseason camp coverage. You know, obviously day one there was a ton of media out there for preseason camp, and then you know we're, we're out there every single day though throughout the grind of camp. And, um, you know, it's going to it's going to get a little crunchy when my show comes back in mid August, <laughs> trying to uh, do this in the morning and get the show done. We're going to figure it out, but uh, we've got daily practice reports. Uh, VIP information for our subscribers on who's looking good, who's playing where, that sort of stuff. Also, photo galleries open to the public, some video highlights as well. So, all of that throughout camp, and we've also always got recruiting news as well for ECU football fans. All right, Stephen Igo, Hoist the Colors, uh, returns to radio here on the 14th on 94.3 The Game. Hey, Igo, great to talk to you. Have a great weekend, and uh, we'll see you soon. All right. Thanks, Patrick. Thank you, guys. There he he goes, Steve and I go with us here. Back to wrap it up after this. Time for a road trip. More of the P-Man coming up next on 94.3 The Game. Let's get out of here. And now, the stunning conclusion of the show. It's the P-Man here on 94.3 The Game. Okay, uh, welcome back. Get you to the weekend edition of the Patrick Johnson Show. Thanks to Stephen Igo for being with us uh, last segment. Always love talking to Igo. Uh, one of my favorite people. He's, he's uh, really good. Uh, we will have uh, a weekend away and uh, one of the last weekends that uh, we don't have uh, something kind of football-y related. I say that, but uh, Pilkington and Clark Willis are going to be out uh, tomorrow after practice, so they'll have some audio for you, or they'll provide some audio that we'll have for you on Talk of the Town Monday morning and uh, here on uh, the Patrick Johnson Show Monday afternoon. We're also going to have, that'll be on social media, yeah, so we'll post some of that on social media as well. Uh, follow us there at 943thegame on Twitter. And uh, give us a like on 94.3 The Game on Facebook. A lot going on around Pirate Nation, and uh, we'll uh, bring it to you uh, next week in uh, live living color. we got some uh, great guests planned for next week, and uh, we've got some great segments planned for next uh, week as well. Fun day today here on the show. Uh, join us Monday as well. Talk of the town in the morning. We're going to be announcing... Somebody returning to radio uh, that is a big, big, big star in uh, radio circles here in North Carolina. They are making a return to this station and other stations in the East. How about that? We'll have it for you, too, Monday here on the Patrick Johnson Show. So that'll be fun. Hope you have a great, great weekend and a safe weekend. Thanks to Scooter Rogers for joining us. Don't forget the Pitt County All-Star team plays in the Little League Softball World Series at 7 o'clock on Sunday night against Texas. Opening ceremonies at uh, the Town Common tomorrow for the Little League Softball World Series. Big thanks to Michael Busimi for his uh, help today. Stephen Igo, as we mentioned, Scooters, we mentioned. Uh, thanks this week to Clark Willis and uh, the one and only Philip the Ref Pilkington. Great job by him. See you on Monday in the morning on Talk of the Town. And we will look forward to seeing you here Friday afternoon on the Patrick Johnson Show.
Always busy. Always something going on. Hey, have a great and safe weekend, everybody. We'll catch you on Monday. Thank <laughs> you.